Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that moves around it. Like back to school. Back to school. This is uh, year eight of back to school episodes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we have one child in middle school and one child in high school. Yes. Sort of, kind of, mostly for each of them. Yes. By which I mean one is technically in eighth grade. Yes. And the other one is at home in high school. That is how it is working. Number three is in ninth grade in online school, like a proper online school, not just like a distance program from a school building. And then number two needs his IEP services and those really can't be managed in a distance format. So he is at the school building. I, I don't know if anybody is having distance learning. I, I suppose in some places they are, mm-hmm. but we are not. Our local schools are not offering distance from the school buildings anymore. No. Although I heard some Twittering about some colleges that suddenly decided at the last moment to do online because of COVID surges. So I don't think our schools are going to do it. I think we have politics and enough vaccinations to try to ride it out is in their in their opinion. Yeah. I, so. Yep. Mm-hmm. But... It's always a challenge getting these kids ready to go back to school. Like they they get into their summer routines and then school routines are very different. Well, there's um, getting up in the morning. What? Not at 3.30 in the afternoon. Which number three did a few times over the summer. A few times, like almost every day that after they came back from their father's house. Yeah. And then number two was starting to get there as well towards the end of the summer. He did. He did sleep a lot more. And well, it is quieter that way during the daytime. <laughs> it's but true. He's also been growing quite a bit. Yes. He, he needed the sleep because he was having growth spurts, which right. is good. He's always been kind of a shorty man, but now it seems like he's outgrown his meds again. He may have done so. And it, it could be that. It could be back to school because it, during the pandemic last year, it was him and his teacher for a long time mm-hmm. and, and the other kids were online. And then it was him and his teacher and another kid. Yep. And eventually by the end of the year, there was another kid. So he was able to move through his special ed program at a good rate and make progress in the program's eyes or the school's eyes or the teacher's eyes. Yeah, he was increasing his amount of time in mainstream classes. He was. But those mainstream classes also had fewer people. Mm -hmm. And they were doing, you know, alternating half of the student body on each day. So there were nowhere near the same amount of audience members. Yes, in part. And he did say to his psychiatrist, probably towards the end of the school year, one of the reasons that he doesn't, he did not at that time get in as much conflict is there weren't as many kids bumping into him. Mm-hmm. You know, our schools are old and tiny and, you know, the world has grown in population throughout the years. So the, the schools can be crowded. Mm-hmm. So there, there is that. And so this year, being that everybody is back in the building, 
He is not quite up to par, and I'll be interested to see what this second week home note looks like. Mm-hmm. Because we had absent notices showing up for certain class periods, which once in a while happened last year, but would be because... He had needed to take a time out from his regular ed and go back to his special ed class. Well, and or... before that, his teacher, being it was just him and his teacher, had a different agenda that day. And, you know, right. the teacher was covering for somebody else and they were in a different place. And mm-hmm. so he didn't get marked present. Right. So this year, I, I did send those notices to his teacher. However, the second week of school and his teacher was gone mm-hmm. during the first part of the week. His special ed teacher. His Yeah, his special ed teacher, which he has two classes with at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Smart to put him at the end of the day because by then he's he's kind of done. Oh, yeah. But the teacher wasn't there. So by Wednesday, not even lunchtime, just late morning, I had a call from the school dean, assistant dean, somebody. Mm-hmm. And she said, so, I have your son Aww. here. And we've In the been, office. We've been having some struggles today. She put it very, you know. It's very diplomatic. She was. And she, she did say, uh, so we're going to do an in-house suspension. And I thought, good, because that goes with his IEP. Yeah. He needs to stay put. She said, and we're, we're just, we're having trouble containing him. I'm trying to convince him that his, his teacher that had been absent all week would love to come back to a good report tomorrow or Friday whenever he came back. And, and that can be a, you know, she's trying to use anything she knows of as leverage to encourage him to settle down. Right. Because he does really like his special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a relief for everybody when the guy's back in the building. Absolutely. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> yes. So it's it's been a rough week. I wonder how much of that is related also to the fact that he got in a fight over the weekend. And by I, got I, in a fight, I mean. By I got in a fight, you mean we had to go to the ER. So he has a little friend who... I have put on hold for now. I've told him, and I've told him in the last few days, we're not going to have you hanging out with so-and-so for now. Because a couple of weeks ago, he was at so-and-so at a park nearby, and some kid came over, jumped on the, his electric scooter, and took off on it. So there goes $300 worth of uh-huh. you know, last year's birthday present. And I thought, well, that's that's strange, and that's unusual in our area to uh-huh. have some, something like that. And I know... People are still really wound up about pandemic and COVID. And then we have an added problem of the West is on fire. And so we get all the smoke from Mm -hmm. every fire. So that can make a lot of tension. Okay. And then school was about to start, I think, when the scooter went away. Okay. So you have that pressure. And now school is in its second week. And so Sunday night before the second week starts, Sunday afternoon, actually, he's out with his friends. He shouldn't be because it's smoky, but... Right. You know, they've already been contained for a whole pandemic. Yeah. They have to move around and they were outside. But he was in an area where kids were skating, like using their skateboards. Mm -hmm. And being that he has no scooters anymore Mm -hmm. and he doesn't skate, he was waiting for his friend, same friend, who was skating. friend. Yes, who was skating. And number two's story is that a bigger kid told him to leave the area because he didn't have a skateboard and he was in the way, basically. Mm -hmm. And so he says he got up to leave and three big kids came after him and started punching him in the head. And they did. They punched him in the head. They pushed him down and they started kicking him. Mm Mm-hmm. So when he called me, he was crying and said, could I come and get him? And I said, yes. And then I called him right back because we got off the phone because I was on my way. Mm -hmm. I thought, wait a second, what's going on here? 
Right. Like first I wanted to get moving. And then I said, what side of the park are you on? Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, two sides to drive to. And what happened? And he said he got beat up. Mm-hmm. So I picked him up and I thought we would probably come home and he would lay low. But he got in the car and it was clear to me he needed the emergency room. I was concerned he may have broken ribs and possibly a broken jaw. Mm. He was in bad shape. Right. And, of course, I wanted to go to the closest place because we're not near everything. Right. And I got there and they said, oh, if you're going to need x-rays, we don't have that today. You'll have to go next town over the urgent care. And I said, okay. So I went to that one because it is close to the hospital. And I got in there and they said, oh, if he has a head injury, you'll have to go to the hospital. And I was just really beside myself at that point because, you know, I've got an injured kid I'm I'm getting around. Yeah, I could have called an ambulance, but ambulances are busy with dire emergencies wherever they go. Right. And around here, they have to travel to get there. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to take up that kind of time. But what if he has a concussion and I'm dragging him in and out of everywhere? Mm -hmm. So we did get to the hospital. And fortunately, I forgot this because it's been, I'm glad it's been a while. Yes. That I've gone inside the emergency room. And that has a lot to do with COVID Uh because everything that could be done from home in the last year and a half has been done from home. Right. And they do have a separate side where they send you with children. That's good. Which is great because it has a separate waiting room, separate intake, and then they bring kids into the ER. And do they have like the TV playing cartoons or something for kids who are waiting? They do in the waiting room. Okay. They didn't in the room they put us in. And that doctor was also very concerned that we were looking at broken ribs and a broken jaw. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wasn't saying anything for a while to the boy about the jaw because I thought, hmm, that's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope it's not, but it, you know. Mm-hmm. And but he's had that he had that non dislocated fracture in his leg before, so there's a possibility something inside there's broken. It is possible, mm-hmm. but he seems to be making a recovery, and he hasn't been complaining too much about pain, except you know, normal muscle pain of chewing. Well, and that was the other thing when I picked him up. He was in bad shape and he was also very distraught. Like he kept trying to process what happened here. Is that with him, even if he wasn't very injured, if I don't take him and have it checked, we could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Like even like when we were persistent with his broken leg and and it took us a year to get somebody to find the break. Mm Mm-hmm. We are persistent. So we have to be persistent because we don't really know what's going on Yeah. without x-rays and so forth. But the other thing is with him in particular, he was going to be sure his jaw was broken unless you had it checked. Oh, yeah. So CT scan said no. And that was a lot of relief because by the time we had been sitting there waiting, you know, an hour for everything to be processed and come back and so forth, which isn't terribly long. I'm sure, you know, there's other times when I've taken my aunt to the adult ER and spent all day there. But he was quiet most of the time, which is really weird. He fell asleep because he wore himself out from the... But they let him fall asleep after they checked him for concussion first. (laughs) I didn't think they did a very thorough job about checking him for concussion, but I think there was no indication, even though his head was scraped and it was obvious he had been uh, pummeled in the head Mm -hmm. and it had hit his head on the ground. Right. But I didn't see any and apparently the doctor didn't, but they did, you know, they they checked him all over. Mm Mm-hmm. 
eventually he said to me, what are they going to do if my jaw is broken? And since he hadn't asked till then, I didn't say to him anything. And I said, well, that probably depends on what what kind of a break it is. Like, is it a break? Remember when you broke your leg, they didn't put a cast on it. They made you stay off of it. So I think you're going to have to ask the doctor. You know, then he started to get wound up about it. And, and I said, well, if it is terribly broken, you will be eating through a straw. Because mm-hmm. he kept saying, how am I going to eat? How am I going to eat? Because mm-hmm. it hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I said that, he shut up again, which is surprising. It really is. Yeah. Anytime he's quiet, it's surprising. But I I was really glad it wasn't worse because I I am very aware that, you know, with them kicking him and punching him, especially once he was down, he could have had an eye injury or something else in his face that could have been pretty bad. Yeah. So. That makes me wonder, like, was he acting, he's been really extra since then. I wonder, was he acting extra before that too? Because I wonder if he didn't get a mild break brain injury that's affecting his behavior. I don't know that I can discern between school starting and all the chaos at school. Fair. And the w- amount of growing he's done, and that we don't see the doctor about his meds till the end of the month. Right. So I don't know if I can determine that. CT scan didn't show any concerns. I could email his doctor and yeah. say, hey, it's been a little extra. I'm not sure. And it could also be trauma, like psychological trauma, not just yes. br- not brain injury Which trauma. Which is totally what I was thinking why he was being quiet, because as you were there at, you know, two different urgent cares and then the hospital ER, I was having number three go and start perusing social for evidence because if a bunch of kids just came up and beat on our kid who has disability, has, you know, a lot of social challenges, has been bullied before, did somebody video it? Did somebody post about it? They often do. They often do. And so I set number three about looking for all those details. I was kind of hoping because I, I... I wanted to make a police report. He did not. And he was very adamant about it. And we get very distraught. And it, I couldn't discern if that was that he did something or that because it, it's unusual that he wouldn't do something. But in situations where he's been bullied before, like at school, he does not come after those kids like he does us adults. Mm-mm. He doesn't. No, and I think part of it is, like you said, that he, he kind of had that awareness that he really had been instigating as well, that he was getting up in people's faces. And that's what number three found was that a couple different people were saying that he was instigating and kids were. Well, I'd, I'd like to know if it was a couple people because number two, number two child often does do these things. However, number three child only indicated one person to me. And that one person was the problem child that he's not going to be around for right now. Right. So was he or wasn't he? Yeah. Nobody knows. But in either case, it doesn't have to go to that extent. No. And you don't need, if, if somebody's being physically violent, I could see it coming back at them in these type of injuries. Mm-hmm. But if someone is mouthing off, I can see you slap in their face or, you know, they're a bunch of boys, they're going to punch him. And but that's... to this extent that once he's down, you're kicking him? Right. No, I cannot see that. Right. I understand it is like that in the world. People are violent. You know, guys are violent. And and that's that's something that we might want to have a talk with him about, although I don't know if he would be receptive because he is absolutely insistent that he did nothing wrong. He is. And, and uh, Zero Child talked to him about it. And usually he's quite honest with them. And 
and Zero Child is fairly convinced, outside of historical precedent, Mm -hmm. that he did not do something. He may be forgetting that he is getting bigger. He's almost as tall as me, Mm -hmm. which isn't tall, I know, but for him it is. (laughs) It is. And so he does look like a teenager. And as we know, the subconscious part of your brain reacts to those identification markers of male child versus male adolescent. Yes. And that will cause different reactions. Oh, absolutely. And if there had been any like real evidence, I asked number three to get us links or screenshots or something so that... No, even if he was talking shit, he should not have gotten beat up for it. No. And even if he was attempting, like a couple of years ago, he was the bully in the class. And so even if he was being a bully and not realizing it and folks were fighting back, it should not have ended up with him on the ground with multiple injuries. No, it shouldn't. But... It did. Between that and the smoke... I've been picking him up after school so I can make sure I know where he's going mm-hmm. by taking him there. So I've allowed him to go to a different friend's house. That also is a chance to talk to your child once you're in the car. What? Yeah. I said to him, you know, you're telling me that this... Because I asked him when I picked him up, where are your friends? Why are they not here with you? Mm-hmm. And he said they had to go. And I thought, I don't believe that. It did turn out that his friend, the instigator mm-hmm. of who knows what, Lied to him, said his father was calling and he had to leave, went back to the skate park, stayed there too late, and then blamed that on our child to his father. Oh, gosh. So... So, the kid, the the instigator kid, ran away when our kid started getting beat up. I, apparently, he... He did in, in the overall picture. Our child says that his friend did help him to a bench and asked him if he was okay. Obviously, you're not okay. <laughs> And I know that I've also been saying to this child, especially over the last year, because I feel like with his current meds, he is more receptive to some amount of feedback. And his teacher has said he takes criticism, which he could not do before. Correct. But I've said to him over and again, when he's been mouthing off to me, if you talk to other people like you are talking to me right now, or you did today, you will get your ass kicked. I am trying to save you from my ass kicking. Do you understand me? And, and, his, and his zero child, his sibling has told him the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you act like this, people are going to kick your ass. They will not put up with this bullshit. Right. So who knows? And again, with the combination of his disability and his sensory self-awareness and everything else, goodness knows if he even is aware that he's instigating at that point, or if he just thinks he's being a smart aleck and taking things too far. Like, he may not even realize that he is instigating. He may not even realize that he is talking shit and about to get hit. Mm-hmm. He he may not be able to read the room. He may not be able to read his own physical or... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, communicative cues. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. And we need to do our best to help him. It's exhausting. Find that self-awareness and find some sort of coping skills that will help him not get beat up again. He will get beat up again. He's a boy and that is the way of his kind. Yes. However... It's it's one of those things where we can recognize what the reality is and still recognize that it's our job to help 
try to mitigate it. <laughs> yes, let's make it as the, the least amount of damage as possible. Right. So there's there's that child, and his home note last week was encouraging from the special ed teacher in that he recognizes that our boy can take some criticism, which he could not do last year. However, the rest of the home note was quite specific about the problematic behavior. There how was many f bombs? How many this is? How many what the hells? How many the bells were confusing him because I guess there's a warning bell. And in one of the classes, he packed up seven minutes early because he heard the first bell. And then he wouldn't unpack his stuff to finish the class. But other things like telling teachers off and so forth, not going so well with just general ed, Mm -hmm. which you and I kind of suspected. And I think that his special ed teacher is overly optimistic and the school is busy being overwhelmed with other things and considers it uh, the special ed teacher prerogative to push things in the right direction, which you and I know he will do. He will will push it in the right direction. Yeah, he's a good guy. He he knows his stuff. He does. He cares. He does. That's good. So. Because our kid needs that because he uses up the caring of a lot of people who would otherwise care and make effort on his behalf, but he uses up that effort and he uses up their emotional energy so quickly. Which is why my week has been quite so exhausting. Yes. Like last night you said, oh, tomorrow we're going to the thing. And and I was distraught <laughs> because I had forgotten there was a thing and Zero Child has a friend that they've been <laughs> hanging out with. I won't say a, a new friend. Mm-hmm. And then my work wife, who's often a backup person, is absconded from the area because of smoke and work. They, they took time and escaped. They, they, they took a well-deserved escape vacation. Yes, absolutely. It, it was, and I was sitting here thinking, oh, I forgot about this, and I've got less than a day to solve the problem, and I need to find somebody to manage him. Yes, because we can leave him at home for an hour, maybe two, with video game privileges and, you know, expect that he'll just sit there and stare at the screen and the electronic babysitter, as problematic as it can be. Uh, up to three hours is if if we're check, able to check in. Right. It, it is useful on occasion, especially for an adolescent, mm-hmm. but we're going to be gone for more than three hours tonight to go and see a play and it's it's out. a drive, it so is a drive. it's a drive back, mm-hmm. and that's the long part. Fortunately, because I really, it, it was like I was all done. <laughs> I was all done with problem solving for the day, and then there was this problem yeah. that really couldn't be overlooked at all. There was no wiggle room for it. No. But fortunately, Grandma is feeling better. Oh, good. Because she sounded quite terrible last time I, we spoke to her. But she she's doing okay, and she said he should come over and stay there. She didn't think he should be alone. And she's right. <laughs> yeah, and all of our elderly folk have been having a hard time of this pandemic, but I'm glad that grandma is feeling better. Well, and she realized she's she was forgetting her pills, which of all oh. people, my aunt told me. <laughs> Somebody else is forgetting their pills now. So I told grandma last night, I said, you know, those college kids living at your house can program your phone with an alarm to tell you to go take your pills. And Mm -hmm. she said, they could, couldn't they? (laughs) Hmm. That's great. 
That's totally great. Yeah. She said she usually does it when she goes to get dressed and then sometimes she doesn't go get dressed. So... Yeah. And that's a thing that a lot of people have had to adapt to over the last year and a half when all of the routines that had previously prompted self-care and hygiene and personal care tasks, Mm -hmm. those routines aren't there anymore. And so some of the personal care tasks don't get managed either. It's, It's tricky, but... I'm glad that she's feeling better. Meanwhile, your and aunt. He's he's very excited to go oh, there, God. like enough that he didn't even gripe about that. I'm picking him up from school so he can come home and get ready and I can take him over there. Yeah. It's not far, but right now I need to see he gets where I'm t- sending him by yes. taking him. Yes, my aunt, shaking my head, no. Your aunt is pretty clearly in the early to middling stages of dementia. It's clear to you, and it's clear to many people. It is apparently not clear to her doctors. And the other thing is the ongoing problems with diverticulitis. And so what what I've done now is get a lockbox with a key that can go outside her door so that if she needs to call 911, she's not waiting for me. Because the last time she went to the hospital, the other week, she was calling me and I was sleeping. Yeah. And I didn't see it till five in the morning. And she had probably been needing an ambulance since two, but her door was locked. So she has a key there. And and a lot, a big part of it is her and she just won't cooperate with reality and actual self-care. Because I, I told my sister, every time I go to her house and she goes to the hospital, I take out her trash and there's a huge carton of ice cream there right on top. And so my sister asked her, well, while my aunt was at the hospital, my sister said, so I heard you had ice cream for dinner. And my aunt said, oh, no, that was the night before. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Because it didn't immediately happen before, she refuses to connect it. She doesn't want to connect it. No. She doesn't want to change what she's eating. And she's letting food end her life. Yeah. And I mean... Admittedly, that is her prerogative if she so chooses. She can eat what she wants and deal with the consequences, but it's not fair of her to make everyone else deal with her consequences. Which is why there's a lockbox outside her house now. Good. Because if she needs the ambulance because she's decided to eat ice cream for dinner all week, except the night before the hospital... and eat not a lot of other food in between, that is her prerogative, but is not mine to get over there and hurry up and call an ambulance. Well, and that's also, I mean, again, it's another of the symptoms of dementia that a lot of people start to have trouble chewing and swallowing. And she said that she does have trouble with that now. Well, we're trying to get her to follow up with that. The doctor that she saw last at the ER said she needs to go back to the dentist. She went to the dentist six months ago, but did she talk to the dentist about it? Who knows? The the other thing is, then if you weren't having dementia, I think you would have an interest in him having problem with chewing and I'd like to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a problem with both of our older toddlers, mm-hmm. the 14-year-old one and the 70-year-old one, mm-hmm. that there's this disconnect between, I don't like the consequences of my choices, and I could change my choices to create different consequences. Those things just aren't quite they, matching up. They both decide, oh no, my choices are not big enough. They're not really making the problem. Yeah. That's they, what they, they decide. They don't want them to connect, and so they refuse to see the they connection. They do. They do. Well... I don't know. Some of it can be age appropriate for teenagers, but... Oh, yes. I mean, number number three often has similar problems, although... You can sometimes forcibly logic them into yes, reality. They, they, they are less resistant to reality. 
In many cases. They have periods of time where they're less resistant. Like Fair. Th- this last week when, and, and this has been a pattern over time, he's having bigger problems this week. And so they are not. Mm-hmm. Because you, when there's three, only only two of them could behave. And now that there's only two, well, one of them. <laughs> I don't know if there's only two. There is the one downstairs. Yeah, number so, zero is. Number zero is, you know, there, so there has to be one not behaving at least. Mm-hmm. So number three child has been on task this week, which is interesting because they were completely not doing they, that last the last couple weeks. No, not at all. And they've been doing pretty good. Their only challenge still is getting up out of the bed. And I think that is a control reality resistance thing. Because at this point, they now have an allowance structure where, like number two, they're earning money for their grades and losing it for not accomplishing expected tasks on time. You don't earn money for humaning appropriately. That's not how the real world works. I'm not going to give you money just for brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, getting your ass up on time. I would for somebody down the hall. I would give him money if he would brush his teeth and go to the bathroom. Well, We'd pay a lot for that. But well, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. The flip side of that is also he's not really earning the money for his grades either that's being taken away. He's just having a flat dollar amount allowance that's being That doesn't away. happen every week. But. Well, and that's the thing. He loses all the dollars. And last week, number three lost all the dollars. Because they're on the new plan. Because they're on the new plan. And they're closer. I think they'll earn a few dollars this week. Mm-hmm. But they're doing way better while number two is not. Yes. And I wonder, you know, will number three continue to improve or will they trade off again? People can send their bets in. <laughs> By the time they listen to this, we'll know. Right. Mm-hmm. It'll be a 50-50 raffle. <laughs> we, 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 keep the, uh, we keep half the proceeds to pay these GDMF allowances. <laughs> so what else? Back to school. Oh, number zero went back to school. Yes, they did. And number zero has attempted school numerous times mm-hmm. and always end up with some anxiety something kicking their butt. And it could be school anxiety. It could be social anxiety. It could be interpersonal that they have like a girlfriend that breaks up with them and then they have a depressive episode that they can't even get out of bed to go to school or there's something something. every time. Mm -hmm. But this time they really seem to be making a go of it for like over a month now. And even when it was nasty weather and they had to stand outside in the smoke. This is a different type of school. And I think there's less pressure. So there's less anxiety because they're going to a school to get their CDL. Yes. And they are outside. And despite the smoke, they have gone nearly every day. The first day the smoke got really bad, they didn't. And then they realized it wasn't going away. So they went back. The day that we left for Disney, they didn't go, but they uh, have otherwise managed their emotional well-being to find the spoons to get up and go every day. Yeah. And managed to go to work. They only work about three or four days a week, part-time. Right. But they've managed to do that despite their rekindling their old friendship with somebody. Somebody. They won't tell us who. Which I, I maybe it's just me, but I've always thought that if you feel like you should be hiding things, then maybe you shouldn't be doing them at all. But you're just very practical, dear. Okay. The world is not. Okay. And our children are not. So is there anything gendery about all that back to school nonsense? Well, like always, I'm very aware that my status as his his father affects the way everyone interacts with me. It does. And because I have to be very hands-off, you are generally perceived as a quote-unquote single dad. You are the only adult that everyone ever interacts with. 
Yes, they know that you exist, but as a stepmother, you've been rejected by the child. Yes. And so you're, you're kind of in the background somewhere. Yes. And so they give you all these accolades that single dads often get, even though single mothers doing the exact same damn thing, if not double, triple the amount of things. I'm shaking my head yes. They will get nothing. Yeah. Except more trouble. So that is is weird. Mostly, most of all, I think what happens is I get listened to and I'm glad that that benefits him. Yes, that is, that is definitely a positive. Yeah. The the kid, the the kid, I don't want him around right now. He wanted to go with that kid early this week when I went to pick him up and I said, no, then they came to the car, but that kid would not come in my line of sight. He stayed in my blind spot behind the car. Mm. Then number two child said, hey, my dad will ride, take it, you know, take us over to so-and-so's house. He'll give us a ride over there. And that kid said, no, I got to wait for so-and-so first. He was not going to get my car because he knew I was going to tell him. Mm -hmm. And they would not care so much from a mom. No. They would not care at all, probably. No. And this kid has a dad who likes to get drunk and abusive and a mom who is clearly enabling it all. So that doesn't surprise me at all. No, it doesn't. But... So that that is something that that I think is is gendery, even if it's, you know... Absolutely. Not directly related to some effective transition. Uh, Well, it is an effect, but it's effective how people relate to genders. It it is. And the other thing is that I've noticed more... You remember when you were first transitioning that people would say, why are you always angry all the time? And it was really... Really just that your voice had changed and people perceived your direct tone to be aggressive instead of just assertive. Mm-hmm. And number three, a couple times lately, I've said, I'm not the one enforcing this consequence. It's George. You have to go talk to him. And number three will look at me and say, but he's going to George at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's that same thing where like, you point out that sometimes I, in my directness, don't come off as being as affectionate as I need to be to get through to number three child. I do point that out. Yes. And it's it's the same thing on your end that like, I think, you know, you're just very direct and very abrupt. And I don't know if that's the exact same interaction or if that's something completely different or how gendery that is, because... How gendery is the approach? Yeah, like how much of that is the fact that you're georging at them is a masculine thing as opposed to you georging at them is just being the step-parent thing. Yeah, I don't know. That that makes me wonder what side of your gender are you using when you're talking to each of those children? Hmm, could be. Because, so, I don't know, that's interesting. It'd be something to consider, wouldn't it? It is something to consider. <laughs> right. We'll have to get back to it. Hmm. So is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening.
I lost track. I was going to say something. I hate to leave a thread of conversation there. Do you, though? <laughs> well, yes, because people are listening to it. When I listen to a podcast, gotcha. I don't like it when there's a thread missing and they didn't go back to it. Oh, okay. I was okay? going to say. Um, Otherwise, who cares? <laughs> well, sometimes it's, I do, but... It, it happens. It does. We get interrupted a lot. Ha, 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 ha.